Alright, if you can turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 15, John chapter 15 this evening. I'm going to start reading in verse number 1, John chapter 15. Give you all just a second to get there. John chapter 15 and verse number 1, the Bible says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, and all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye ask, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. Let's pray this evening. Lord, I just want to ask you tonight, God, that your power will be upon this message, Lord, that your presence will be with us, Lord. God, I pray that you'll guide my words and my mouth, Lord, that I'll speak what you'd have us to hear tonight, Lord. God, I ask that you'll come down and that you'll meet with us this evening, Lord. God, I pray that you'll just take me out of the way, Lord, because I'm nothing. I can do nothing without you, Lord. God, I need you tonight in a special way. Lord, I just ask that you'll give us what we need this evening in this message, Lord, and that we'll hear from you, from your word. Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. As we read over this passage of Scripture about the vine and the branches, the Bible says that we're to abide in Christ. The Bible tells us that Christ abide in us and that we're to abide in Him. As I was meditating on this Scripture over the past, I don't know, month or so, I've been thinking about these, these verses a lot. And I, I thought, what does it mean to abide in Christ? What does it mean to abide in Christ? What does it mean for me to abide in Christ and for Christ to abide in me? 
What does that mean spiritually? I mean, you know, we read these things in the Bible and it sounds great and it's good to get up and preach about abide with Christ, you know, and all that. But bringing it right down to the house where we live at tonight, bringing it right down personally to our own lives, what does it mean to me? What does it mean to you to abide with Christ? What does it mean to have Christ abiding in your life? You know, back in, uh, I read a story about a, a man in the early 1800s. He had went through college and decided he was going to take up preaching for a vocation. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I would not choose preaching for a vocation. That was not my first choice of things to do, okay? God has to put that on you. And I can tell you right quick, without God's help, you're not going to do any good at that vocation. But this story I read about this man, he had taken, he went to college and he decided he was going to become a minister. And he took his holy orders or whatever it was and his vows and he's going to become a preacher and a pastor. He pastored some churches and things. And down the road a few years later, he realized one day sitting next to a dear friend that was dying that he had no hope to offer to his friend. He had nothing to give him. He had nothing to tell him to comfort him in his last moments in life. And here he was, a preacher, supposed to be a man of God, but it was only a vocation. The man that he was sitting with kept saying, abide with me. God, abide with me. And here he is in his deathbed fixing to pass on. That experience and that time went through in his life that he realized and then searched the scriptures and realized that where there was hope and and the constant abiding with God and what God can abide in you and that you can know that you have eternal life. And the Bible tells us that you can you can have satisfaction in knowing that where you're going to go when you die, that you can have hope in these things. The man later became saved and that was a a large uh, uh, aspect to, in his salvation was this dear friend of his dying and not being able to give him any hope. Years later, down the road, this man himself having health problems, the story went on to say that as he had changed his preaching and he had changed his way of life, and because of his conversion and actually having God living in his life and abiding with him. He preached one day his last message. Because of some health issues, he could no longer stand behind the pulpit anymore. He could no longer minister the gospel. And he said, I've got to get some things in order. And he went and he took a walk. And on that walk, about an hour later, he came back with these words written down. And you can look him up in your songbook today as the song Abide With Me. It was Henry Francis Light. But he started out as a vocation. He started out with good intentions to make a difference in people's lives. I'm not sure at that time in the 1800s that being a minister was a a, a, a lucrative business. I'd say he probably had good intentions. But he didn't have Jesus abiding in his life. Many other songs that we could talk about this evening in our songbooks that we that I can think of the, the you know songs that have come from Scripture that that these these words have been penned.
to help us to praise God and to worship Him for His abiding presence in our life. They say that song, Abide With Me, a lot of that came from Luke chapter 24 and verse 9, where Jesus met the men on the road and was walking and they didn't know who He was. And they was talking with Him. And it was coming on towards evening and they said, Abide with us because it's getting late. And Jesus was planning to go on, but He stayed and He abided with them. It said, the Bible says He tarried with them that night and ate with them. <clears throat> As we can, we can find out that abiding with Christ in these scriptures that we read this evening, the Bible says that He's the vine and we're the branches. The Bible says that we're in Him and Him in us. <clears throat> because of the curse of sin that's passed to all men on the earth from the garden, we have to have Jesus Christ's presence in our lives. Otherwise, we're looking at death. The title of my message this evening is Fruitful or Firewood. Fruitful or Firewood. I was over at mom and dad's this evening. We'd had dinner. Dad's birthday was last week. And we went all over us, the whole family of us, having a good time. We went out in the yard. We took some pictures, and it was a great time. And I was walking around out there, and I looked, and there's a pile of sticks over here in the yard. My mom had been out there picking up sticks, Pastor. She won't want to run them over with lawnmower. Myself, I just chop them up. <laughs> I don't pick them up. I chop them up. If they're big enough that my lawnmower won't chop them up, we're going to throw them in the stove wood. Uh, but she's got all of her sticks picked up, and she, she's had some of the grandkids out there helping her gather sticks, and they're going to tote these over, and they're going to throw them in the fire, and they're going to burn them up, cleaning up the yard there. And I thought about that pile of sticks there. The Bible asks us, tells us in these verses that if we're not fruitful that were withered and cast aside. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 6, Scripture says, He that saith he abideth in him ought, also himself, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 24, it says, in He that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that we, He abideth in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. In verse number 5 of our text, it says that we can bring forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Without Jesus Christ in our lives, we have nothing. We cannot bear fruit because we haven't got any life in us. We can't bear fruit that we don't have. Without Jesus Christ in our life. Abiding in Christ makes us become a new creature. Amen. First of all, we become a new creature. If you're not in Christ, you're in the world. The Bible's plain about that. Yeah. When we're born, <clears throat> when I was born in 19, when was I born? 1980. <laughs> that was my first birth. <laughs> first birth. I had to think, when was that? <clears throat> but then, you know, as a young man, I was born again 
at some point in my life. It was a new birth. I became a Christian. I was born into the family of God. At that point, Christ took me into Him and He came into me. No longer was I just born of the world, born of sin, born to be withered and cast aside and to die and be thrown to the fire. But I was born to be part of a family of Christ, to be part of Christ and Christ living through me. To Him have to have Him abide in me. His Spirit working in me. God's, the Bible says that He gives us His Spirit. You can't bear fruit that you don't have outside of you. When we bought our farm a couple of years ago, it was the most amazing thing. This thing had been left go for several years. Hadn't been nobody use it hardly for anything. And me and my wife, we walk out there across our farm, and we notice that over here, there's this huge patch of corn. And then after we walked a little bit further, we seen this big strawberry bed. And it's got strawberries growing in it so thick that the fescue's not even coming up. It's just nothing but strawberries. And this thing's been sitting for 20, 30 years. And then we noticed there was apple trees coming up all over the place. They're just sprouting everywhere. they got apple trees so thick you can't even hardly walk through them. You know what? I'm lying to you, okay? There wasn't nothing but thorns and briars out there. That's it. There was a little bit of grass. Lots of cedar trees. Because it'd just been let go and running wild. We didn't have strawberry patches that were coming up. We had to plant them. Well, I even had my wife says, you got to bring me some dirt. This dirt ain't going to work. You need to go over to the barnyard and get me some strawberry bed put together here. Because we want to have strawberry patch. And I, I toted her a trailer load of dirt over. I've done that because I'm a good husband. <clears throat> Not done it because I like strawberries. That's why I've done it. <clears throat> but this farm being left to itself is nothing different than ourselves. Yeah. That's right. we've, we've been born our original birthday. We're born and we're going to grow. And we're going to continue in this life. And at some point, we're going to start sprouting some stuff. We're going to bear a little bit of fruit here and there. There's things that's going to come out of our lives that's what's in us is going to come out of us, you understand. That's why this farm had thorn trees coming up in it. That's why it had briar bushes over there and cedar trees everywhere. There wasn't no corn crop. I didn't have to go mow that down so I could figure out whether I wanted to plant alfalfa or not. There was just thorn trees and a little bit of grass and just junk everywhere. Just like the fruit that comes out of our lives without Christ. We have that stuff in us. But when we're born again, we become a new creature. Once we're born again, we can become justified. We become glorified, righteous in His sight through His Son. We have His holiness applied into our lives. That's what it means to abide in Him. Abiding in Christ Secondly, is a dwelling place. It's a dwelling place. It's a place that we want to go to stay. It's a place that we want to tarry for a long time. We don't want to leave this place. Whenever you get to be a part of the body of Christ, whenever Christ grafts you in to that vine, you should not have a desire to go back out here and bear thorns. You should not have a desire to go back out into the wild. Right. 
you're in such a better place. The things that are growing through you, the things that God's coming, the, the things that He's changing in your life should give you a desire to stay there. Yes. To serve Him, to want to be like Him, to bear fruit. <coughs> One thing I've noticed in my short life span is that fruit that's bared usually is what's coming from the source. Those thorn trees that I've got on my farm, they don't get apples on them. They don't get cherries on them. I could deal with them little stickery things if they had something good coming out of them. If they was oranges coming off them things, I wouldn't mind getting poked a little bit every once in a while to pull one of them oranges. But they don't bear nothing but this big old nasty long bean looking thing and all it does is make more thorn trees. <laughs> they multiply. My dad came out to my farm the first time. He said, dear Lord, look at all them nasty flat tires. <laughs> They're everywhere. And the more we drove around and looked, he said, there's the old hen that hatched them off. Great old big one out there. He said, that thing needs a chainsaw tucked to it. We got to get rid of it. But we bear fruit that's coming up in our lives because of what's in us. And the source that we're feeding off of, the source that we're rooted and grounded in, a dwelling place that we abide in Him is unmovable. He is faithful. I'm glad it's not my faithfulness. Amen. Amen. I'm glad it's not me. I'm I'm not dependent on hanging on to that vine. When I was grafted in, when God grafted me in there, I didn't have to hang on. You know what? He put me in Christ. And He wrapped it up and He said, here it is. And He grew me up into Him. I didn't have to grab a hold of that. I didn't have to put out roots around Jesus and, and try to hang on to Him. He's the one that grafted me in. He took me in there. As a dwelling place. He's the faithful one. He's never leave you nor forsake you. In Hebrews chapter 13, he says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's a dwelling place not only in life, but also in death. He gives us hope. The Bible tells us that if we abide in Him and He abides in us, that we have what's called eternal life. It's not just something that we have a spare tire or, or something that we run to in this world. It's not just the comfort that God can give us whenever we're going through problems. It's not just the peace that He gives us or, or financial security that some people promise. It's God has given you eternal life and eternal dwelling with Him. Amen. It's something that don't stop. It don't go away. Our hope is in Him. because, And I know that we're going to be with Him, abide with Him, not only in life, but through death. The Bible tells us that we're going to come back with Him whenever He returns. That's a dwelling that I'm talking about. It's something that never stops. Every once in a while on this old earth, 
we might get up and we move to another location. We might decide that we don't like where we're at in this world. We might say, hey, you know what? Maintenance is a better place to live, Brother Jason. You know what I'm saying? We might decide we want to go somewhere else for a little while. But in the eternal realm, in heavenly spiritual life, when we decide, whenever we're dwelling in Christ... There's no moving around. We've got a mansion that's sitting up there in glory, waiting, and we ain't got no desire to go anywhere else. It's just as perfect as it can be. We're to dwell with Him in life, we're to dwell with Him in death. And without abiding in Christ, without Christ, we have death. James chapter 4 and verse number 4. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is enmity with God. Ephesians 3, chapter, 7, chapter 3 and 17 and 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Abiding in Him as a dwelling place. The next thing I want to look at tonight, abiding with Christ is bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. When God grafts us in, He puts us in Him. What He's putting in us, whenever Christ is in us and abiding in us, there ought to be something coming out of us. There ought to be a fruit coming out of us. There ought to be some Christ-likeness coming out of us. You understand? Whenever you're living in Christ, you've been grafted into Him. When you're in the vine of Christ, as a branch, you should resemble Christ. You shouldn't look like a thorn tree grafted into an apple tree. You shouldn't be coming out and bearing thorns anymore. Once you're grafted into Christ, you ought to have the nutrients, the grounded and the love and the peace and everything that's in Christ, the Spirit that He's given you inside of you. When Christ gives us a Spirit, that Spirit produces fruit. That's why the Bible calls it the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? That we should be bearing fruit. Fruit is producing the more of the same. In verse number 11 of our text, it talks about joy. And then down a little bit further, it talks about love in Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23. talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. <clears throat> Don't need to read that again. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. I'm telling you tonight that if we're abiding in Christ and He's abiding in us, we ought to be walking Christ-like. Amen. We ought to be having fruit coming out of our lives that resembles Christ's love. We ought to be having fruit coming out of our life that resembles the joy of the Lord. We ought to be having peace whenever everybody else is in turmoil. We ought to be a long-suffering people. We ought to be a gentle people. A goodness should come out of us. We ought to have a faith that people can look at and say, I don't understand where you're getting that. It makes absolutely no sense for you to be able to stand here and be able to have peace in this area. I don't understand how you can believe the way you believe. Well, it's because of Christ in me. 
It's not of me. We ought to have meekness. We ought to have a temperance in our lives. These fruits should be coming out of us if we're living in Christ and Christ abides in us. Abiding is not only dwelling, but to abide by. When you look up the word abide in the dictionary, there's all kinds of different definitions for it. I used to hear people say, the old timers say, I can't abide by that. Anybody ever heard that? I ain't going to stand for it, that's what it's saying. Abiding not only dwelling, but, to, <clears throat> but it means to follow the same direction. To abide also means to agree with, to comply by. If we're abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in us, we ought to have the same desires that Jesus Christ has for our lives. We ought to not just be a place for dwelling. It not ought to be just a place for bearing fruit, but we ought to have a desire to live like Christ. Amen. We ought to have a desire in our lives to, to do what's right. To, not, not just a set of rules. Not just to, because this is what the pastor preached. Or this is what mom and daddy told me to, how to live. Or mama says this shirt, shirt's too tight. Or that skirt's too short. Or whatever it is. It ought to be a desire in your heart. Amen. Because Christ is living in you. Christ is giving you that desire. Amen. Not a set of rules. Amen. It's not mama and daddy's faith, mom and daddy's belief. It ought to be mine, personal. If you don't have that, are you tapped into Jesus Christ? Are you tapped into the vine? Are you just growing off to the side there somewhere? Say, well, I'm bearing fruit, or I'm doing this, or you know, I go to church, or I've been faithful. I, I, I can do these things. I, you know, I try to have peace. I try to love people. I try to have joy. Are you making that stuff up yourself, or is it coming inside of you? Is it because Christ abides in you? Do you want it? Do you have the desire for it? You ought to have the desire with it to follow to comply. When you, abide, when you abide in Christ and He in you, things of this world you shouldn't be able to abide. There's a few things that you just shouldn't be able to abide. <clears throat> Pastor preached this morning about first, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, things that we should flee and things we should follow, a fight and a finish. There ought to be things in our lives that we should stand up for. And there ought to be things that we should stand up against. There ought to be things that we could have. God says, you know what, this ain't right. You need to protect your family or you need to be able to stand for what the Word says. There are some things that you just shouldn't abide. What are you standing for tonight? If you turn your Bibles with me to Colossians... Chapter 3, verse number 1. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. The Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above 
where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Did you get that? Christ is our life. When you abide in Christ, Christ is your life. That's where you're getting your life. That's where it's coming from. <clears throat> Excuse me. When Christ is your life, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil conspicuousness. My tongue didn't work right that time. <laughs> and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh to the children of disobedience. In the which ye also walked sometimes when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all in all. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whosoever... And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, that it is that fit to, in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for it is well pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your master according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons." If we have Christ abiding in us, we should want to do these things. We should want to live in a way that would be pleasing to Him. (coughs) Verse number 25 that we just read there says, But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. The last thing I want to look at this evening is the firewood. 
in our text scripture this evening. <clears throat> the Bible said in uh, verse number 6, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Now I couldn't help but look at those pile of sticks out in mom and dad's yard. And there was a few of them scattered around here and there under different trees. Good trees that she's got there. She don't have thorn trees growing in her yard. <clears throat> but there's little sticks laying around everywhere. It's broke off. They didn't, they didn't want to be a part of that. Or they didn't have the nutrients. They didn't have what they needed. They ended up withering and dying. Laid out there in the yard. And be gathered up. Piled up. And lit on fire. Despite what the world tells you tonight. You weren't born a Christian. I don't care what your grandma says about how good of a little angel you are. You weren't born into the family of God when you took your first breath. You don't care what they christened you or how much water was sprinkled at you. That's not what's sending you to heaven. I've had many people tell me, well, aren't we just all God's children? No. Well, didn't God create everybody? Well, there might be a little bit of element of truth to that, but that don't mean you're God's children. That's not what the Bible says. God is holy and a righteous judge. I want to ask us tonight to think, are you fruitful or are you just firewood? Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 17 says, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Ever since that day, there's been a passing of men, death upon all men, and a curse upon this earth. That we've all got death coming to us. Because we've all sinned, the Bible says in Romans. The curse of sin on man and earth was caused man to be cast forth as a branch. To start that withering process. Shrivel up and die. God never intended that. That was not God's will for men. <clears throat> Aside from a new birth in Jesus Christ, that withering process will continue. You'll be gathered up and burned. Yep. What does it mean to abide in Christ? It means you're one of the two. You're either going to be fruitful 
because you abide in him and he and you are your firewood. Jesus said, I am the vine and ye are the branches. It means that we're rooted and grounded in him. Life comes from him. Bearing fruit in him. Without him, we can do nothing. To abide is to be a part of him, to be one with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 5 says, Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobate. The Bible says that we're supposed to examine ourselves. I ask you tonight, are you bearing fruit? Are you living in Christ? You say, well, I may not be putting off no great big bundles of fruit just right now, but you'll know. The Bible says you can know if you're living in Him. But the Bible also tells you to examine yourselves. You know what it tells me to examine myself, to see if I'm in the faith. There should be a time in my life, there should be something that I can point to and I can say, right there it is. That's where God made a difference in my life. This is where I turned my life over to Jesus. This was the point when I was born again. Just the same as whenever we can look back and we can say this is our physical birthday. I was born on this date at this time and I had a hard time even remembering what year it was. I'm sure my mom remembers really well. But you know what? We have a date and a time we know when we was born. Just like we started breathing, there was evidence that life had became, you know, and whenever we have a, a life in Christ, a new birth in Christ, there's going to be evidence. There's going to start becoming a growth. They're going to start becoming a, <coughs> a living. You're going to start breathing the Word of God. You're going to start wanting to have a desire for food. You're going to want to start to grow a little bit. As you can tell, I got to where I started liking to eat when I was just a baby and I haven't got over it yet. It ought to be the same way with our Christian life. When can you get enough? Some people just don't eat near enough. I'm pretty guilty of not eating near enough of God's Word. If I spend as much time and dwelled as much on trying to get physical, spiritually fed as I do spiritually, physically, what would I be able to do for the Lord? What kind of fruit would I be able to bear? You know, it's pretty important to me that I eat three times a day. I like to have breakfast, lunch, and supper, and then sometimes I might want to eat in between. I'm just going to tell you, it's a long time between supper and breakfast. You got to get up every now and then. How many times goes by before we feel like we need to be fed out of the Word? How much time has went by before you have to just get down and pray and ask God to give you something, to give you some strength? We become so anemic that we can't hardly be effective, let alone bear fruit. We need to examine ourselves to see if we be in the faith. If our life is fruitful, 
What kind of fruit are we bearing? Are we bearing spiritual fruit or are we bearing fruit of the world? That's a pretty good indication on what you're tapped into. What you're rooted and grounded in. What your desires are. Examine yourselves. Are you a withered, dead branch lying on the ground on your way to be burnt? Are you bearing fruit tonight? Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. If you haven't put your faith in Christ, finished work alone, you can today, right now. If not, you're one of them branches that's fixing to be gathered up and burned. The Bible says men gather them. That's all this world's got in mind for you. They want you to wither up. They want you to become a part of them. Oh, they'll draw you into themselves. Come and go with us. Come and spend this time with us. Come and do these things that we're doing. Bunch of old dead sticks. Gather them up and bundle them up together. That's what the devil wants for you. What he's done with you, He turned you into hell. Are you being fruitful tonight? Or are you just no stick of firewood? You say, well, I'm still pretty green. Sometimes greenwood burns too. But it don't take much to season it out and make it set for the fire. If you'll stand with me this evening as we pray.